welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Uh, we're coming to you after Chelsea 2, Liverpool 2, in like a ferociously mental game of football. The games of football which you thought you missed from this Liverpool side until you've seen them all too frequently in the last number of weeks. And to get into the bits and pieces and talk about where we kind of find ourselves now at the midway point of the season is Beryl Akis in the Netherlands and I've got Jay Reid in Liverpool. And Beryl, I'll just start with you. Um, we've had this feeling before. We had this feeling a couple of years ago, probably with with the City game. Um, when we beat them 3-1. Um Maybe with, you know, the United game. Um, it could be a number of games or a number of weekends. But at one point, Arsenal are beating Chelsea. And Mikel is going to do us a favour. I was sure he would. About an hour on the clock. And you think, Jesus, this stays the way it is. And um, we go and beat Chelsea. And, you know, games in hand, there could be three points in it. And... You know, put a wee bit of pressure on, and we're still there. We've got a bit of a break, essentially from the league anyway, coming up that we can get, you know, get get through the COVID kind of situation. Get hopefully Thiago back, get Titus fit, get Firmino fit, get Robertson back from suspension, etc., etc., etc. And then City go and do what City have been doing, and referees go and do what referees have been doing, and Arsenal go and do what Arsenal have generally been doing, and City win the game in injury time. And then we go to Chelsea and we look like we're going to run away with it after 25 minutes and it finishes 2-2. And, you know, it goes from being potentially three points to now being potentially eight points, if not worse. And that kind of felt like a big, fat, rusty nail in the coffin of the title race, didn't it? Yeah, um, you know, rationally, arithmetically, etc., etc. You know, uh, of course, um, there's still a half a league to go, but no, I, I, I can't uh, see Man City, not in this form, not in any other form, um, lose nine points uh, and us w- w- winning all points. So, and, you know, and I think the, 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 the latter is, is, is where my um, real doubts are. Um, um, you know, if if you go two um, 0 ahead against Chelsea, then uh, then uh, you know okay it's Chelsea and so it's a, it's a, it's at their place. Um, okay, it, this can happen, and a point at Chelsea is may, is maybe good enough in in in, in other circumstances. But now it's it's it has been the not the first time we 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 lost a lead, not the first time we lost a two 0 lead. So yeah, no, this this was a gut punch. This was uh, an emotional blow, or whatever you might call it. But uh, I, yeah, I I, I think we uh, have to be realistic and and focus on on other targets. Um, yeah, um, I, I'm afraid you're right. Yeah, Jay, it's it it does feel like a bit of a death nail. Um, and the points aside, and, and the league table aside, and the games in hand aside, form isn't our friend at the minute. And this was supposed to be the time of the year that we were able to negotiate better than anybody else. This is where we 
almost proved our title credentials to watching media and opposition fans, etc. Um, something we've done so effectively over the last number of years. And from the Spurs kind of mentalness debacle onwards, um, and you can throw the West Ham game in there a few games before, and you think that we kind of got it out of our systems, but it just goes to show that those games against the better sides, um, we haven't performed well in them this season, particularly in the goals against column. And I don't know what it is. I have a suspicion it's probably a bit of a tactical or systemic change um, or evolution that the team's gone on. But as far as going out and getting results in big games against big sides, it's proven less effective than what we've seen in the past and the approaches that we've seen in the past. Yeah, we seem to have a weird problem with going to London and getting results this year. Like when you put Brentford, West Ham, Spurs, Chelsea, like that that's four games we've dropped points in from winning positions. Um but I don't think we have to be fair, I don't know if we would actually win it against West Ham, but um you know the there's their results start we used to win the past and not really see them very often, especially the, the big ones like, you know, West Ham have, have improved and arguably replaced one of Arsenal or United in the in the top six as, as they would be. Um but Spurs and Chelsea you you would say like, you know, that that's your bread and butter. You you make sure you don't lose them games at the very least. But we've always seemed to have done well in this mini league of the top six and if not finished in the top two, more often than not in the last five or six years. Um, but for some bizarre reason, this this season we we've we've crumbled. The only team who were in the current top six that we beat is Arsenal. And if you want to register the big top six, then the original ones it was United as well. Um, but at the time, like it's not not hard to beat them teams. They were poor. Um, it, it, it's hard to put your finger on on one thing like. Because it isn't. There's there's a lot of things that are going wrong, and maybe that's just you know the perfect shitstorm as it is. That you know you got Van Dyke coming back from injury, Massip and Kanate rotating. Kanate obviously a new player as well. Um, the midfield swapping and changing constantly due to injuries or you know COVID or whatever it may be. Um, players drastically out of form you know Klopp's favourite word is rhythm um, nobody, nobody's in any sort of rhythm especially across the midfield and when the front three don't do front three things and Mane for 10 games you know, it was his first goal in 10 games you know has not done his usual Mane stuff as, as good as he's been playing you'd expect him to put the ball in the back of the net he's not done it for weeks if Jota doesn't put the ball in the back of the net he looks very average sometimes. Um, you're literally relying on Mo Salah to do the business, and you know he's and then, he's, and he's, he's superhuman. <laughs> and then when he's missing penalties, you know when he's yeah, you know it's not your day. He's superhuman in what he's doing, but you know he can't do it all every single week. And you know, it you add to that like the situation we were dealt at the weekend with you know Allison out, and you know Allison's for his most part has been pretty good, but. You know, you're still taking away your core goalkeeper, 
you know, you were missing people in midfield, you were missing Bobby up top, who could have been handy to have, especially in these big games, you'd always, you know, expect Bobby to get you the goal or do something. And it just feels like the whole deck of cards has fallen apart very, very quickly. And going into the Christmas period, we were thinking we're, we're doing all right here, but I, I went on the Leicester pod, I've not been on for a couple of weeks, but the results of Leicester and then this one compounded with what happened with the City-Arsenal game. It just feels like it's all fell down around us, and you know, rationally it hasn't. Like there is still a lot, a lot of games to be played and a lot of points to be won and lost. But right now, it just feels like a massive kick in the balls. Yeah, they're all, you know, as uh, as we've, we've rightly said, um, it, it is the goals against kind of column that has. Been a real issue against these better sides. Um, Leicester's kind of the anomaly. We missed the penalty and it kind of goes wrong from there. We still feel like we're going to go and get the result right up until probably the, the last 10 minutes or so. Um, and obviously we missed the penalty and the rebounder. And there's enough chances in there to win two, two matches. But we have this game against Chelsea in, in our grasp with three points, you know, right there, we just need to go and pick them up. We just need to be sensible. And, you know, Milner gives away a daft free kick and gets loads of criticism for it, rightly so. But in actual fact, for me, he's the best out of the midfield three on the day. But that's almost kind of the problem, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, the only reason that he played, and uh, which I could understand, you know, there was a Twitter storm because uh, Nabi wasn't playing, and, and uh, almost 36-year-old uh, um, Millie was was playing instead of him. But I think, you know, his role was to um, to, to to be to be uh, more defensive than than you know the, the things that Nabi does, you know, playmaking, etc. Um, and and he did that. He helped uh, uh, Simikas out. And in this specific occasion, he was, uh, you know, being too. And you know, sometimes I think uh, he, he's playing uh, the role of of uh, you know old school, old fashioned uh, Hardy midfielder. But you know, this was this this was a deft. Uh, um, this was a deft uh, free kick to give away. Um, notwithstanding, you know, um, we, we, you know, the goal that Kovac is, scores, uh, you know, it, 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 it's a consequence of uh, of that free kick, but uh, in, in no way could could you hold uh, uh, Millie uh, entirely responsible for that because you know it's it's just a, I think it's a fluke, it's a wonderful goal, but if he hits that ball a hundred times, I, I don't think he scores it more than one time. But uh, you know, it's a phenomenal. Phenomenal goal, absolutely it, outrageous. Um, and I think that, and it's almost it's it that's almost kind of the it's kind of the situation that, that bore itself out throughout the match is that if you look at our goals, it's it's a mistake that we capitalise on and Manny gets in and, and scores it. Um, it's Trent to Salah. Um, who does something amazing, and for them it's it's Kovacic scoring an absolute worldie, and it's it's Kante popping up in that number eight position that everybody lambasted 
for it to sorry for playing him in, and he's played there ever since and hugely effectively, as we saw, who put Pulisic in to score. And that was kind of the match where they had complete control of the midfield, I thought, and bypassed it when they wanted to, um, overran us when they when they wanted to. And we got in when it got a little bit chaotic and we just couldn't cope in there against those two. It, it, it's true. And, and, and uh, you know, coming back to Milner, he, um, you know, he did his defensive duties, but uh, uh, if I'm correct, only 65% of his passes um, reached their targets, their intended targets. So his pass accuracy wasn't uh, good enough, you could say. Um, uh, and if he, if, if that, you know, if he were the more defensive uh, uh, midfielder, then, then you know, that might have worked. But uh, we had Hendo and Fabinho in there, and uh, you know, Fabinho is is a very good defensive midfielder, but uh, uh, he has his own flaws, and and he he is not a very agile player he's not very quick and and uh, uh on the first meter so uh, that can be exploited and if you use him as a pivot you know someone who needs to turn sharply and uh, and and a pivot away from those pressing him then he will get into trouble and he and he did so a couple of times i i still think he 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 did his his job i don't think uh, hendo did his job you know i i hugely admire uh, jordan henderson as as a captain and i think um his role in 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 those two magnificent seasons can can cannot be uh, overestimated um and, and not only is his uh, you know his, his his mentality and 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 you know, being a captain and being vocal, uh, but also as a footballer. Um, but, uh, you know, as a footballer, I, th I think uh, his shortcomings were very uh, clear on, on the night. And um, I, I think he, 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 he wasn't at his best. Uh, it, it, it looked at, to me as if, as if he's playing with pain because, um, you know, the, the things that he normally uh, does well, you know, uh, Lots of what the Germans call love pensum, you know, lots of uh, lots of yards, uh, the dirty meters, etc., with which he uh, creates space for others as well. He couldn't do that. He, he was, and when he was pressing, he was pressing on in 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 the wrong moments. I thought, and uh, you know, if you look at uh, you know the, the 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 their their first goal, Chelsea's first goal. You could attribute to uh, uh, the deft free kick and and the, the, the magnificent strike, but the, the second, I think, um, if if you and you know, I'm I'm not one for for who, who can I blame for this goal, but if you look at it and try to do a post mortem on the match, there, I think we have to um, um, conclude that uh, at that moment you know it's it's almost half time it's it's 2-1 they scored you didn't didn't want them to score but they scored okay now now let's kill the game let's stop it and 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 regroup in 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 uh, in, in the dressing room but we couldn't do that and this was partly because he played played this this very uh, opportunistic very impossible ball to to Trent who then plays it to 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 Salah who uh, isn't brave enough, but yeah, he's playing against uh, the the, um, the master of dark arts, the Rudiger, who can you know I, I can imagine he's a bit afraid of him, and then they're off, and 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 Pulisic um, 
uh, he gets on his bike and Henderson is is too late to to cover him and and there goes the two two so I think he ended had his he didn't have his best game to to put it mildly and yeah I think the the major problems that we have at this moment is uh, a lack of uh, dynamism, lack of creativity in our midfield, especially when Thiago doesn't play. Um, yeah, and and I think it needs refreshing um, to uh, to uh, come up with my solution. Yeah, it's it's that too, isn't it, Jay? It's so important, and it has been Thiago and and Fabinho and. We just don't get them there often enough with a lovely little run to really see what we could be able to achieve with those two in the side. But it was almost a curse because now we really do know what we're missing. It's not just like theory or like a really tiny sample size anymore. Um, and yeah, I get it. Henderson didn't have a good game. Absolutely granted. But I'm kind of I'm kind of at a quandary with the Henderson thing. I don't want to get into it too much. Because I'm interested in your thoughts on, on Van Dyke's kind of part in the goal as well. But with the Henderson thing, it's either... It kind of feels like when we don't play well, it's his fault. And it kind of feels like people's perception, that is. And, we do, and when we do play well, he hasn't played badly. And I get that. But surely he can't be that integral to the success of this team that we're dependent on whether he plays well or not as to whether the team play well. He's marmite, isn't he? Like, you either love him or you hate him. Like, that, that's the way it is. And sadly, whether it's just our fan base or whether other fan bases are as crazy as us where, you know, you've got to be in a certain camp to to love or dislike a player. Um, my, my main issue is, like, I think he's just... He's on the slide and he's been on the slide for a few months, possibly a couple of years. And people just don't want to admit it. Um, and sadly, players do get old and players do not be as good as what he was. Um, and, you know, he, he's been a great servant for the club. He's done good things on and off the field. Like You can't knock, knock the lad for what he's won. Um, but sadly, he's not the player he was two or three years ago. And, People still seem to think that he, he can be or he will be. Um, and there's, there's other players in our midfield, there's, there's more than one or two that aren't up to scratch. Um, and I think what what the, the, the Twitter wars seem to stem from is like, you know, the likes of Naby Keita or Ox have a bad game and they're slandered. And Henderson's had quite a lot of bad games this season and has not really been slandered. And, I think that's what causes the problem, but it it does stem down to if you've got Thiago and Fabinho in there, they give you a solid base. You've got a lad who can put his foot on the ball no matter where he is on the field in Thiago, and you feel like you're in like as a fan, you feel comfortable. You we feel like we're in control, um, and it doesn't really matter who you put with them. It doesn't matter if it's Oxley, Chamberlain, Cater, Henderson. Um, Jones, Milner as long as those two lads in the field and you know from the back to the middle there's an out ball and there's two lads in there who are willing to take the ball under pressure and able to find passes 
you feel a little bit more at ease where Henderson on Sunday just seems so panicked, so rushed, so out of control. There could be many reasons for that, as Bill said, he doesn't seem to be moving freely. Um, but when you've got Milner on the other side, who for 20, 25 minutes gives you absolutely everything and can keep up with pace. But after that, he just tires. And when you've got Kante and Kovacic on the other side, he'll just run you ragged all, all game. Sadly, we were outnumbered in midfield and Fabinho was trying, but didn't look great, whether he's coming back from a bout of COVID or injury. I can't remember what he's had because um, it's all been a blur over Christmas. Um, he didn't look 100%, but then he probably also was under a hell of a lot of pressure where the other two lads can't retain possession. So he's trying to do everything. Um, and it, it, it just didn't work. I, I, I don't know what, what you and Beto think, but I just... If you if you put them Milner and Henderson in the midfield, no matter who you put in there with them, you're not going to keep possession more than you would normally. Um, and yeah, for me, I think, Jay, I think it's a difficult one because the game, especially the first, you know, it was chaos. Half, it's it just was, and the, like midfield is the least attractive position to play in in a game like that, especially when. And you're right, maybe, and let's be, let's be honest, let's look at that midfield three. They're not the most mobile, all three of them. They're probably not the quickest. Certainly, they're not the quickest, that's for sure. Certainly Milner and, and Henderson are not um, at the peak of their physical part. They are, and you know, certainly on a physical downward spiral and downward trajectory. And we can say all you want about Milner's bleep tests and blah, blah, blah. It's absolute, that's great and that's fine. But, you know, just because you can run a marathon doesn't mean you can keep up with a Premier League game of football, especially that quick. So if you kind of pair that up against Kante, who's everywhere, like everywhere, he's two players and one people have called him, and Kovacic, who is so technically gifted and press resistant and excellent in tight spaces, they, I feel, kind of created a situation where they were able to win the midfield battle where it wasn't so much a fight, but it was a, it was a battle of... Technical. It was just one way. Yeah, it was, but it, was, it, was, it became a technical battle and a battle of, of fitness as opposed to a physical encounter, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get where you're going, yeah. Um, we, you know, it, it's all hindsight, but it was, it was a surprise that we didn't go with... Ox or Cater. I, I thought if you know, given what Cater done in in the League Cup tie against Leicester, and then found himself on the bench for the next two games, I thought it was a bit odd um, that we could have we could have started him in one game, maybe the Leicester or the, the Chelsea game, and given he obviously he's gone off to Afcon now, then why wouldn't we utilise him for you know sixty five minutes? That's what I well, found. Well, there's the odd. other thing as well. There's the other thing with that day that I was thinking is. Is there maybe a lack of trust there as to how he's treated? In Guinea. In Guinea. Or by Guinea, like, sorry. Or by Guinea. And I'm not saying that in any one way or another, but there is there is a history and a trend of him getting injured out there. Um, maybe the, well, certainly the, the level of, of um, staff and, you know, medical people and physios, etc., will not be at the same level as, as at Liverpool. Um, that's just that's just fact because it's, they're they're literally the elite. So 
are they maybe thinking we may have to send him over there in as good as Nick as we possibly can? Because if if he's going to aggravate anything, it's going to be aggravated. Yeah, I, I yeah I, I can buy into that. Um, but I just thought given well, like we could have we could have played him against Leicester. Like I know it's all hindsight now. The games have gone. The results have been decided. Um, but. Oxley Chamberlain as well. He, he's not been in the greatest of form, and maybe the plan was that, given the COVID outcomes, we had no frontline options. So maybe he was the, or he clearly was the alternative off the bench, which we can maybe get into or not. Um, but as an option for midfield, someone who can who can carry the ball, like we we had too much of the same, and as you've said, like there was no technical or no technical match for them. Um, you know, sometimes you have you've got to create this balance and spark. And I, I think if if you're going to see that midfield free, you you kind of probably want to see it in a game where it's going to be dogged and the pace is going to be a bit slower, like you, like a Burnley or something like that, where you know you're not going to be run off the ball. It's a bit more of a slower pace. I, and that that's that's just how I see it. I mean, it's it's not much we can do about it now because given the the fitness. Um, situation and obviously the Afcon now of losing Keita, we are down to the bare bones and there's not not a lot we can do and the reality is we're probably not even going to do anything until the summer if we are going to do anything at all because that's just how the club operates unfortunately. Yeah, they're all it's. I don't think it's panic stations quite yet. I think certainly there's a reassessment which we need to which we need to make here, which is. What is now a realistic objective or realistic expectation between now and the end of the season? Um, the thing with the top four thing is it means you still have to go at somewhere close to full kilt to make sure that something catastrophic doesn't happen. Um, because realistically, like realistically, um, we're eight points ahead of West Ham in fifth, but if Spurs win both their games in hand, they go to they go to thirty nine, which means it could be three points um once they replace Arsenal to drop out of there. So you know we we still need to focus and prioritise Premier League games and you're hoping we've got the majority of, of the, the big ones out of the way you know, we're more than halfway there, which is fine. Um, but, I don't know, if I'm looking at League Cup games and FA Cup games, for example, do you think we maybe see a stronger side than we previously did? Yeah, you know, in, in, in recent years, we haven't, uh, especially the, the League Cup, uh, well, no, <laughs> both of the Cubs were, were not our priorities. Um, um and the exception was, I think, the first year, or is it the second year? The club. Yeah, it was the it was the first year, but I think I think he gets to the final because I think when he when he takes the job, I think he either finds himself in the quarter final, and we kind of fumble our way through that to, to a semi, or even we're maybe even already in the semi final. I can't quite remember. Um, he came in the silver, so so. It must probably the former, probably the former. Um, but yeah, when you find yourself in the semi-final, you've got to kind of look at it and think, you know, 
we're essentially three draws from from a from a trophy here. So you know, why wouldn't we? Yeah, and and we were very close at uh, that final. I uh, remember. Um, but yeah, other than that, we we haven't uh, had much of success in the domestic cups because we didn't prioritize it, uh, you know, very obviously. Um, and and uh, had to even play the the under 21s uh, for for one game famously. Um, that being said, but you know, at, at that time um, we were um, uh, playing for the championship and and uh, and uh, were realistically. Uh, uh, you know, had a realistic chance to 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 to, to be champion, so uh, it, it was okay to prioritize uh, that. Um, now you could say that you know, and, and we 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 did our <laughs> we did the obituary of that. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you, you I, I think you still need to try to 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 stay as close as possible. Uh, you know, in 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 the case that. Um, Either Manchester City falls away, or that you know we hit another uh, rough patch. You, you know you don't want to miss out on the Champions League, and we we didn't even miss out on it l- last season when we were you know entirely depleted. So uh, I'm I'm sure we will still prioritize um, that uh, top two spot. Um, but on the on the other hand, I think uh, you know if if you look at um, uh, I don't know if Thursday's fixture is now uh, postponed, but if it weren't, then you know the, the first league game is is one and a half weeks uh, away. So you you, you should prioritize, uh, especially so because the next game is against Shrewsbury, um, and you know uh, with all due respect, uh, Shrewsbury isn't Arsenal, uh, even not their uh, their uh, League Cup uh, uh, team. So I, I, you know, there is a realistic chance to, to to get to that final, and then there is a realistic chance to win it. So yeah, I think we should play um, uh, stronger teams than we have done in in recent seasons, and uh, even if it were to 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 have uh, a trophy, um, a silverware as they call it. Um, uh, and and you know there's also the Champions League still, but that you know we we have previous form in that, but it's it's still a long shot, of course, from from now on to uh, 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 in um, and and we are in the semi-finals for the League Cup. So yeah, I, I think there will be a, a different uh, stance towards the domestic cups because um, we have um, more room, more margins, and more necessity to to prioritize them. Jay, the League Cup seems like an obvious one for at least some sort of silverware this year, or certainly maybe to. It was something Mourinho always did. Mourinho always looked to prioritize the League Cup because he felt that it was like a, a psychological platform to further success that season. Um, now, that might not necessarily work with a, a group of players that isn't used to be being absolutely flogged, like not just physically, but mentally into the ground, uh, which he's often done, which is why his tenures have lasted, you know, maximum three years and inevitably shorter and shorter as his time 
in management has gone on. But there is something to be said for that. There is something to be said for for putting something in putting something in the cabinet, um, particularly a cup competition, so that you can take a look towards the, the back end of the Champions League and the FA Cup if you can stay in that and get some favourable draws and think, well, do you know what? This, some, this isn't something that's done very often, a Champions League, an FA Cup and a League Cup. And I would take, I would absolutely take that. So let's just let's just knuckle down and let's just maybe, whatever plans we had drawn up for the second half of the season, let's maybe start tweaking those a little bit to change priorities. Yeah, I'm busy short of... You know, the title's always your ambition at the start of the season, regardless of, you know, what the outlook is. You'd always want to win the league. That's your bread and butter, as they say. Um, but right now, as it, as it looks, City are relentless. We're not going to catch them. Um, so do we reevaluate? Do we do we now go, right, we're, we're going to become a cup team and we finish third in the league? Because there is, you know, City are best on us at the moment. That, that there's no not like really Jay, much Jay, even, even fourth because there's no there's no, there's no yeah there's no the difference between yeah difference between finishing second and fourth is a couple of million seed, quid yeah and there's maybe a seeding issue there for the next season but I don't even know if that's right anymore no no but there's no the, the top four go into the Champions League groups automatically now and yeah, given and our European like, like for whatever pot you go into no, because that goes up in European coefficients. Well, yeah, but there you are then. So you know, you might, you might as well finish fourth or second. Yeah, but yeah. So what, what I'm going to say is that there's not two, there's not three or four better teams than us in the league. There's two, arguably, on the day: Chelsea and City. So we, we should be, we should be good for the top four as long as we just look after, you know, what we need to look after. And if that was, you know, the the games against the big boys, we just go out there and say, right, we're going to draw these. So they don't gain any more ground us and just make sure we win the rest against the the crap. Um, but we go after the cups, we go relentless and go for the cups. I everyone loves to see you win a trophy, and if we can put a couple in the bank this year, you know, it, it'd be nice to see. Like we we've mocked the league cup because you know clubs disregard it, but as a fan who goes to game and I've had the pleasure of being at Wembley and seeing us win and seeing us lose. So, well, not, not at Wembley, sorry. Yeah, they have. I apologise. Um, we, we won the League Cup under Daglish there. Um, but the Man City one is still a bit of a, a sore one when Klopp's first season when we lost on pens. Um, but to get to Wembley as a fan, there's no better day out. So, you know, you, the European Cup games are lovely and going to different cities and whatever, but a day out to Wembley is just something you get taught as a lad you know the stories and the pastimes of of your dads and your uncles and cousins or whatever going out to Wembley you want to you want to live that and sometimes it feels as though we just give up too easy on the domestic cups so I'd love us to go for them um if we can put one of the domestic cups in the bank in the league and the Champions League that's still a good season because it's not bloody easy to win the Champions League anymore like there is five or six teams arguably and with a shout every year and if you can be the best in Europe then it goes a long way so why not just say right well sod it we're going for these cups um, as it stands we don't know what's going to happen with the Arsenal game because there's been a request to call it off the Shrewsbury game I don't know what's going to happen because again it depends on what squad we've got available 
but we should have enough. We beat Arsenal once this season. We beat them numerous times at Anfield. If we can go to the Emirates and get a result, draw positive results, we'd always back ourselves at Anfield to get through. Um, and the, the the FA Cup, you get that many teams going through. You can get a lucky draw. Man City have had them for years, whether they're greasing palms or whether they're just getting the look of the balls. Something's going on, but they seem to get League One Championship teams all the way through to the semi-finals. And then the Champions League, you know, we've proved it for four or five years that we're, we're more than a match for anyone. We got to two finals. We we should have really got further the last couple of years. So everyone in theatres in Europe, when that draw was coming out, nobody wanted to draw Liverpool. And that says a lot. So, you know, if, if we have to reevaluate and knock the league on the head, but take the other cups seriously, then... I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, they're all... The time is now upon us. It's the time that we talked about long and hard and how it would affect, ironically, affect our title challenge. And it looks like our title challenge is gone even before the African boys have gone. Um, So, you know, the the squad is going to be stretched thin over these next number of weeks. Um, there are two cup, cup sides in there, and the one concern that I have is essentially what you're looking at. You know, injury allowing is Origi and Tappy is probably, certainly at the moment, maybe two of your front three. Um, Firmino, we don't really know where his fitness is at the moment. The last thing we need is him breaking down again. And maybe that means shifting John out into a wide position. But that, you know, is, is comparable with the Rigi as well. So there's there's a juggling act here that we've rarely had to do, which is going to be very, very interesting because we've obviously lamented injuries in the past and the unavailability of players. And we're still doing it now with the likes of, likes of Thiago. But two players who have been perpetually available for Liverpool are Sadio Mane and Mo Salah. And this, you know, that's not, that's not, this is going to be very, very, very strange not to have either of them in the side for that number of matches. Yeah, it's, uh, um, it, it, it will be very, very strange. Uh, you know, I, I, I sometimes um, think, you know, trying to, to, to be positive there, that uh, you know, Salah has bailed us out um, so many times, and and in this season, maybe maybe even more so than than uh, than than in previous seasons. That um, you know, the the rest of the team needs to step up to. Uh, well, to you know, it can it can't be one player who who fills his boots or, or who takes the, you know, the load that he has taken. Uh, he has shouldered. Um, for us, but maybe you know the combination of a couple of players who, who step up. But uh, you know, sadly, um, both Divock and Taki were uh, out injured, and it's 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 this kind of timing that you know is very frustrating. You know, this is the time that they should be, uh, you know, that, that now they could play because you know the others <laughs> just aren't there. And and now they and uh, I I believe Taki is is you know his his return w- was imminent I believe but but Divock it's it's still a mystery to me to uh, how far he is off 
So I don't know if, if, if Divock is even available. I don't want to flog Jota. He has been uh, um, playing a lot and has also been injured before. So maybe we, we could even see players like uh, Kate Gordon. Um, uh, and, and, you know, th- that's as far as I can go <laughs> with, the, with my knowledge of, of the academy players that could, could step up. Uh, I know we... we um, have some really good young players, but you know they are, you know, Kate Gordon is also young, but you know and these are even younger, like uh, Muzielowski and 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 uh, what's the other one with the with the uh, Frauendorf or something like that. Um, but I, I don't expect to see them. But uh, maybe in the Shrewsbury game, uh, if, if we are stretched that thin and and and, and that game goes ahead. But you know, I've said this uh, last season when when Virgil wasn't available. I said, okay, the, now it's the time for for the other ones to step up, and then then uh, they all got uh, got injured. So I hope uh, nothing like that happens. But yeah, it, th- there's always a chance that that someone else uh, can uh, take the limelight and can at least show that they that they uh, could be a, a viable alternative, a good substitute, um, uh, because. Um, you know we need that, and and I think uh, if you look, uh, we talked about tactics before. I, I think uh, the way in we integrated uh, Harvey Elliott into the team was probably to take a bit of load off uh, both Trent and uh, Salah by uh, having another uh, creative player in there. Um, maybe his return can 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 be uh, some somewhat of a catalyst. Um, I try to be hopeful, you know, uh, realistic. At the same time, we uh, again, uh, the title challenge is probably over. But, you know, it, it might be interesting to see some young players or, you know, um, players that haven't featured as regularly to, to step up. Yeah. <laughs> Hope is all we have. They're all, so we have to cling <laughs> tightly to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, hey, you know, we all know the enigma that is Devok Origi and he could as easily just become available and fit and score six goals in five matches and like literally build us a platform by himself for some form of success this season or he could be like missing injured for the first three games and make a couple of sub appearances and start one and just not score and be a complete like a footnote nothing more than that What's interesting is the Benamino conversation because it's sometimes hard to understand why he why he doesn't get it. He just doesn't look like he's a viable option from the bench to the manager, does he? And for me, he's shown enough in League Cup games to to be a viable option, but system's not quite the same and do we have to compromise too much with him and it feels to me almost like he's become a player that doesn't even necessarily fall between two stools he falls between four or five stools but he's not really an eight he's not really can't really play left or right in the midfield he's not really a Firmino or a Jota he doesn't really have the pace and the dynamism to play wide but he's still like dead good at football we just can't really find a use for him he's probably best as a 10 and we just don't use a 10 it's the one position that we really don't use yeah I unless we change system um 
he can almost we, play as like that set, you know, that second striker. Do you know, like that kind of Baggio sort of player that that plays off off plays off defense or nine exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not your archetypal off the shoulder big man. No, he's little man combo. Scraps. He's working in little yeah. spaces. I he's he he, sh- he shows like he offers a lot, and then he, sometimes he flashes to deceive. But the boy um, can finish, Jay. But yeah, he can finish. He, he, that's what that's what I mean. He, he he offers so much, but then sometimes like you'll just see he gets he gets lost in the mire of a game, um, and it could just be you know positionally in the pace. I don't know, but unless we change shape, formation, whatever, um, I, I fail to see where he fits in because I, I mean, unless unless we go more of a Jota wide and you know maybe maybe a more four four two and you know play Bobby and Minamino up there and and just look for movement and then bring Jota from the left and maybe Ox from the right and you, you go with a midfield two or whoever but you know Thiago and Fabinho wouldn't be a bad option if we had them um, and you know just maybe you can flex that into a four two three one and you know you can push Jota and Ox up and then you can rotate. Positions between Minamino and Firmino, like this isn't going with what we've potentially got while the African lads aren't here, um, and you just you just roll the dice with all that we have, um, because as you say with Origi, a you don't know what you're going to get, and b you don't know where he is. <laughs> like, has he got COVID? Is he injured? Is he just sitting in his apartment looking out the window? We we genuinely don't know what goes on in Divock's world. I don't even think he knows what goes on in his world. He just floats by in life. Um, we've had this before, but it would be lovely if he was available. And sadly, we've got this COVID situation at the moment. It could well be a blessing in disguise. And I know we've got these cup games that we need to negotiate. And the next league game isn't for well, 10 days as we record this from now. Um, it could well be a little blessing that we might be able to get a couple of the forward players um, back fit because as you and Bill have said like we just don't know what Liverpool look like without Salah and Mane we've, t- we've seen them you know the odd one being taken out the team and that's usually for rest or rotation but the other one normally there this is this is going to be odd um, when we when we do hopefully face Brentford on the 15th I think it is now um, but yeah, we we need to utilise what we've got because you know if you don't utilise Minamino now, then surely that says to the lad, well, you ain't really got much of a future here because if you can't get in when there's no African lads, no star players here, then when and when are you going to get in? Um, and it, it, when he does look, you know, like the the League Cup game against Leicester, he looked confident. He got that goal. He, he was lively all game. Sadly, he missed a pen at the end, but he did look busy. Um, and that's sometimes that's all you need just people being busy and causing a bit of trouble and chaos and who knows where the ball falls and as you say he can't finish and we we need that at the moment more than anything else yeah um, Beryl we do need that um, we also as we talked about in these big games we need a bit more resilience at the back and Joe Gomez, like we just don't really know what's happened to him. But 
you would think that certainly with, with the Arsenal game coming up, with the Shrewsbury game coming up, there are going to be options or opportunities for him to come in and start to stake a claim again. Because, you know, for for at least six months, um, I remember the game against Leicester. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, it's not the game we smashed them when in the league. It's a year before that. Um, he's he looks like he looks like the natural successor to Virgil Van Dijk, and all of a sudden he finds himself like sitting on the bench in the San Siro behind Nat Phillips. Yeah, it's. Um... I, I I forgot the the precise nature of his of uh, of the injury that he had, but uh, I remember people who have. It was really really bad. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's as, and, as much as I can tell you. Uh, uh, there there was a rupture of a tendon somewhere in a in a really bad place, if I remember. Um, rupture patella tendon, I think it was. Yeah, exactly. Basically, and, it joins your knee to your thigh. I think it was that one. Was the one and, he saw. And and people said at the time that, um, you know that that it would be tricky for him to to come back. Um, you know, not not to walk or you know um, to do regular stuff, but as a professional football player, and um, it would be tricky. And maybe uh, he is still adjusting to the fact that his, his you know his body is different to what it was uh, maybe he's still adjusting to uh, you know he, he's calibrating his leg or something but you know against uh, against Leicester the, the league cup game he was awful um, and you know not all game that some things that he did were, were, were very well but you know he, he he did some stuff that I really don't want to see in a, in a Liverpool defense but at the same time, you know, we know Joe Gomez and we know what what qualities he he, he can bring uh, to the game. You know, um, always level-headed, um, lightning um, quick, um, uh, recovery speed that that can uh, that can you know help all of the defense and and um, and him and and Virgil van Dijk were were a very good pairing um, because they they supplement each other. Um, so yeah, I hope he he gets uh, minutes in 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 the in the games to come. Again, we don't know when they will be played, but um, uh, still, I hope he will get some game time. Uh, because you know, in, in the meantime, um, Konate, I, I thought uh, against Chelsea, he was he was really good. I, I I loved everything that he did. He was I, I thought he was a better central defender than Virgil Van Dijk at the, at the night. Um, so you know, uh, it, it's it's not that we that we need Joe to step up right now but I think you know it, it would be it would be really good for him to step up and and um, regain some form um, uh, for himself maybe even more so than than for for the team at this moment but um, uh, I don't know uh, how long Matip will be out hopefully you know uh, with I, I guess mild COVID he, he, he might recover as soon as he tests negative but uh, but still um, uh, yeah, Ned Phillips uh, did pass Joe Gomez, uh, uh, and, and I think rightfully so because what I saw from from Ned Phillips uh, now in in uh, you know in, in the latter end of, of last season and and uh, you know in, in in the few occasions that he played this season, 
um, he, he was really good, um, and he, he seems to have um, developed. Uh, whereas um, Joe Gomez, because of the injuries, of course, and and this wasn't his first injury, uh, sadly, um, seems to have regressed or uh, not developed. And uh, but he's still very young, so I uh, and especially so for a defender. So I hope he can regain some of that form he, that he can. Um, you know, uh, show the potential or realize the potential that that, that we have seen in him, uh, because you know, a, a fit Joe Gomez would would be, um, yeah, and, and probably the successor uh, to Virgil van Dijk, uh, together with uh, you know, for the pairing, together with with uh, Ibrahim Konate. Yeah, it's. You would think so, and you would hope so, and that, I suppose, was always the long-term plan. Um, Jay, just before we finish up, we obviously expect the Arsenal game to, to be cancelled, um, given the COVID situation, but regardless of, of where it falls when it's rescheduled, what sort of a side do you think that we see do I think we see or hope we see? I know. I want to. I want to know what you think. See, everybody hopes for different things, and those are just hopes and dreams, and they're all yeah, they yeah. are. But I'm interested. To, I'm interested to know what you think the manager will do. Like, I think the Kelleher. Adri- I think Kelleher keeps his place, even if he gets to the final. Okay. Um, and that'd be a big vote of confidence in the lad, and it'd probably say to him, you know, that there is a future for you here because if you were to take him out now against Arsenal and potentially a final, then that just says to him, you know, we, we think you're okay, but we don't actually think you're, you're good enough to do do it when it matters, when, you know, it's you versus Alisson. If it's when Alisson's not there, you step in or whatever, or you play the dead rubbers. But even the dead rubber against AC Milan, as it was in the Champions League, Alisson got the nod, didn't he? Um, yeah. So it, it is an interesting one. The other interesting point, just, just to go on. into this, Leicester game and kind of the changes that were made at half time um, do, do really like they took us up more of a level than they should have for the amount of changes that were made and I just wonder has that would that maybe feed into Klopp's thinking that you know you might not see a Billy Camillo again this season for example you be you might see him in Shrewsbury if you're lucky um, but I very much doubt we'll see him in any sort of serious capacity anymore um, sadly for the lad um, you get five subs don't you in the, in the EFL Cup or Carabao whatever you want to call it so yeah. you know I'd like to see us go strong and then if you've got the option to bring a couple of kids off the bench you know the likes of Morton or Bradley or Owen Beck um, Kate Gordon Musilowski you know you put them on the bench you get the job done or you do the best job you can do against Arsenal in, in both games in the time allotted. And then if, if the position presents itself to, to make these changes, that's when you do it. You don't gamble, not, not in the semi-final, not for me. Um, so I would fully expect, you know, something along the lines of Kelleher in goal. Nico probably keeps his place at right back um, unless a move presents itself for him. Um Gomez and Kanate quite happily at centre half. Simicus left back. 
Um, you know, you, you give maybe Morton, Henderson and Jones the midfield um, because I think Morton's probably the, the closest of any of the youngsters knocking on the door. And then if you've got Firmino, Jota and Taki or Origi, you, you go with that as your front line and then you line the bench with a couple of kids, Oxley, Chamberlain, um, Robertson, Trent, you know, maybe Matip as a bit of backup if you need it. Um, and you put a couple of the young lads on there. But I think that you get yourself to a semi-final, then all of a sudden you, your mindset's got to change because you're three games away from silverware. And for what we've got in this team, we've wasted a lot of opportunities to put medals around the necks and, and really enjoy the peak careers of these lads. We we shouldn't be neglecting the cups all the time. And now that the opportunity is there to put something around the necks and put a, table, a, a trophy on the table, we should really be taking it seriously now. That, that's how I see it. Yeah, I can totally understand where you're coming from. And I think there's something to be said, Beryl, that this could essentially complete the set for those players. And for me, just being the football romantic that I am, there's something nice about that. They basically won everything in England that's possible, plus the big European ones as well. That would be a pretty nice story to tell your grandkids. Yeah, you you basically have uh, a, a Pep Landers uh, team talk ready. Um, yeah, I, you know I have to agree with the. Um, uh, I think everything that Jay that just said, and and we, we've talked about this previously. I, I I think there's no reason not to prioritize these cups now, and uh, it's and I think um, uh, you know the, the the festive season, all of these games. It's I know it's a tradition. Um, uh, and and I enjoy watching all that football, but the football itself wasn't very good. If you if you uh, you know if you look closely, you know technically, uh, there are lots of mistakes. Well, the reason that the reason the Chelsea Liverpool game was so good is because it was so bad. It was incredibly frantic. I I was I was devastated <laughs> after I've watched it. It was like I had uh, you know you know not played, but and I had done a, some some sort of workout or something. But you know the other games as well. I, I think the only uh, team that I thought played really well, but only for one half, w- was Arsenal. Um, you know, th- of all the games that I watched, of course, and and I didn't watch everything. But uh, I, I think you know Man City have, have haven't been, uh, you know, they've been the best team in in the league, but uh, they they weren't very good um, um, if you look at it in a, a, a relatively. Um, no, absolutely. That's what I, was, what I was looking for. So what I was uh, gearing up to say is, you know, the, the games against Arsenal could be big fun. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, let's let's give it a real shot. And that means, you know, you need to, to play uh, lots of the, 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 the first team players. Uh, and uh, at the same time, try to give some minutes to, to players like Joe Gomez. And I think Kelleher uh, deserved his uh, his spot uh, uh, in in goal. He, he was, I think, he was tremendous against Chelsea. You know, not 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 only the 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 the, the actual goalkeeping, but the way he he uh, distributes the ball is was magnificent. Um, um, so yeah, I, I have no. Um, issues at all with him uh, being in goal um, for, for the rest of, uh, of all the cup games I, I would say even finals because 
um, you know, for, for the League Cup, he has deserved that, I, I, I'd say. So yeah, let's go. Let's 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 win something, and maybe not the league this time. But yeah, well, we've done that. So and we've done the Champions League. So let's do some League Cup and FA Cup. All right, uh, Jay. How many do we win? One, two, or three? Two. That that, I think we get one of the domestics. Like obviously, the League Cup's the closest. Um. And if we are going to be realistic and say the league's gone, as it stands anyway, barring some you know crazy turnaround, then you go right. Well, what's the next biggest prize on offer? Champions League. Some may say that's a bigger prize in the league, but you know traditionally your bread and butter, as I've said, is, is your league. So go for the Champions League. And there's there's a couple of ties in there. If if the draw falls right, obviously we've got into Milan, we'd fancy ourselves against them. But if the draw falls right, you can easily find yourself in a semi-final without actually facing any of the, the traditional big boys as they are. There's a couple of, of ties that you would say would easily grace the, the Europa League sort of level. Um, with all due respect to these teams, that if you got one of them in the next round, you could easily find yourself in the in the semi-final. And then, as as with the League Cup, you know, it, if the trophy is that close, it's three games away. It's up for grabs. So, hopefully we come away with, with two shiny pots at the end of the year. All right, then. So, until next time, folks, up the Marcus Babel, Sammy Hoopier, Gary McAllister, 2001 travel winning race. <laughs> <laughs>